The Gospel according to Luke, the sixth chapter. Jesus said, But I say to you that listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies. Do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, Christ. Please be seated. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. When you were in school, did you ever arrive to class just a little bit after the instructor had begun teaching? That's a little like how we find ourselves today when we're listening to Jesus. Because of how the lectionary, the three-year cycle of readings that we follow, is divided, Jesus' Sermon on the Plain comes to us in three parts. It began with the gospel that we heard from Pastor Alfredo last Sunday, where Jesus proclaimed blessing for the poor, the hungry, and those who weep, and declared woe for those who are rich or sated or laughing. And in that text, Jesus promised that God's ways are different from the ways of the world. Today's gospel continues his sermon. And then there is yet a third part, the concluding verses of this chapter, that we won't even hear in worship. But when we hear Jesus say, but I say to you, we know that we need to hear today's verses in the context of what came before in order to understand what Jesus is saying to us. 
because Jesus is not condoning abuse. And he is not advocating staying in violent or unsafe situations. He is saying that our lives cannot be lived in response to either our enemies or our friends, but to God. In today's gospel, Jesus tells us, be merciful just as your father is merciful. God calls us to act in love and grace toward all people. Not only those who we like or those who like us. Not only those whose convictions and beliefs are the same as ours. Not only those whose behaviors are acceptable or even legal, but all people. Because all people are created and loved by God. If that sounds difficult, you're right. It is difficult. And we are not the first people to struggle with Jesus' teaching. Throughout God's story, God's people have heard this difficult word to be merciful, to be generous, to be good, and struggled with it. In the Old Testament, after God spares Nineveh, Jonah angrily complains, saying, isn't this what I said, Lord? I knew a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. And then in the parable of the vineyard workers in Matthew, the landowner hires workers throughout the day. And when evening comes, he pays them their wages. And when the workers who had been hired in the morning see that they were all paid the same, they begin grumbling. And the landowner asks, are you envious because I am generous? And in the story of the prodigal or the lost son, the older son became angry when he saw how his wayward brother is welcomed home, complaining that this son who has squandered your property comes home and you kill the fattened calf for him? So I ask you, what do you make of God's impartiality? Part of my story of faith is coming to believe that God's grace extended even to me. I had not really grown up in the church, although I'd been christened in the Episcopal Church. And I was pretty self-destructive in my late teens. But I was drawn back into relationship with God in college through campus ministry. And it was there that I finally came to understand that God's mercies are new every morning. And that God's forgiveness was even for me. That as Luther writes in the explanation of the third article of the creed in the small catechism, the Holy Spirit forgives all sins 
mine and those of all believers. Because of God's great love for each one of us, God therefore forgives us all our sin, known and unknown, and invites us into life with God. For Luther, the relationship which God establishes with us with the forgiveness of sins in love was at the center of our life of faith. He writes in his commentary on the Psalms, where there is no forgiveness, there is no God. And where there is no God, there is no forgiveness. An unbroken World War II veteran bombardier, Louis Zamperini, described returning to Japan and meeting the Japanese prison guards who had been responsible for years of his mistreatment and abuse that he suffered as a prisoner of war. In 1950, he went to Japan and traveled to Sugamo Prison, where many of the guards were held for their war crimes. And there, Zamperini told each one, face to face, I forgive you. Where was his faith when he was eight? It was watching his mother pray on her knees. Where was his faith when he was lost at sea on a life raft in the Pacific? It was pledging himself to God's service if God saved him. And as his faith evolved, he put his faith into action, in love and in forgiveness. Importantly, Zamperini's act of forgiveness did not erase the crimes the guards had committed. It did not commute their sentences or change the consequences or diminish their accountability. But it did release Louis from the burdens of anger and vengeance and retaliation. And we can imagine that it released the guards from their burdens of shame and alienation. We know from his account that several of the guards found faith through the experience of his forgiveness. The late American poet laureate Maya Angelou is often quoted for saying, you cannot forgive without loving. She too was careful to say that forgiveness wasn't about sentimentality. And it didn't mean she was gonna invite that person to Sunday dinner. But in her words, forgiveness was having the courage to stand up and say, I forgive. I'm finished with it. Jesus commands us to love our enemies. But following God's commands, even the ones to love and forgive, isn't something we can do all on our own. We're dependent on the Holy Spirit to keep us in faith and grow in living into response to the love that God has first shown us through Jesus. So today I invite you to a prayerful practice. 
Take a minute to silently name a person you have struggled to forgive. Be as specific as you can. And commit to praying for God's help to forgive that person. Ask God for the courage and the will to love your enemy, to forgive and be merciful. Commit to pray daily and see what happens. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, thank you for giving each one of us abundant mercy and forgiving all our sins. Thank you for your son Jesus who teaches us to pray and calls us to love, forgive, and be merciful. Today, by your Holy Spirit, enlighten us with the name of someone whom we have struggled to forgive. And day by day, give us the courage and will to forgive. We pray in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.